Listen, I want to talk to you about guardians of glory. How many have heard of guardians of the galaxy? That's not what I'm talking about tonight. I'm talking about the guardians of glory, of God's presence. And I just, I'm going to continue to try and debrief on some things this week as well. We've had tons and tons, like I say a lot, a lot of amazing talent testimonies of people just either being supernaturally charged when they left the conference a week ago, like people didn't leave all tired and worn out, they left exuberated and filled with, filled with strength, and, and that was one thing that was released, but the other thing was people get supernaturally delivered just in the presence of the Lord. People know that they got set free and went to a whole nother level just by being, not even anyone laying hands on them or praying, but I can tell you this, Ready? And I think we should model the church in this way. Because we did something different, right? We pray in the back. Every service, like the engine room's back there. We pray back there every service. But there was something about everyone being on, hands on deck, everyone ready and expecting something to happen. Come on, nod with me. Because we need to expect, we have to have expectation for, for what God's going to bring on the increase of all this, Right? And I believe that God's going to pour out, right, pour out his spirit in such a way that when we, we just give ourselves over, like the ushers, remember? How many were an usher? How many of the amazing anointed ushers just raise your hands, right? I know we had others that came from out of town to help us. But the reality was that there was power in the room, and we were praying for the worship team in another room, but there was power being, come on, these guys were stirring it up. And I'm telling you this what I'm saying here is this shouldn't stop. <laughs> and not that it has to be by works, but there should be a grace on us to move ahead and to move into things that we've just been believing God for, right? And I believe with all of my heart that God continues to give signs, <laughs> right? Crazy signs. Bro, when I tell you signs, it won't stop. 111 is everywhere. Other things just keep popping up. Right? And so I'm going to believe by faith that God's going to move us into the right direction so that we can enter in to something greater. Right? So I want to talk about guardians of the, of, of the galaxy, of the, of the glory, because we want to guard, right? I want to be a steward. Really what I'm talking about tonight is stewardship. And God really wants us to steward the presence of God. Right? We want to steward his presence that we can live in a greater glory, in a greater dimension. Are you hearing me? Because I believe it's true. If we would just give ourselves over to certain things and make it a habit, uh-oh, a good habit, not a religious thing, but we, we move into things that we become our, the pattern in our lives, right? Like just seeking him daily, seeking him early. Those type of things, you, you, if they're a pattern in your life, they begin to bear fruit. Right? And so I just believe that the Lord, as, as I saw the Lord pouring oil tonight, I knew it was the oil of joy. Any, any place where you're heavy, gone. Right? I believe that, that God's going to release us any heavy burdens. But God calls every believer to steward well. Right? Whatever we receive, we're called to steward. Ready? I'll prove it. I got a lot of scripture. 
But the, the Lord wants us to steward what we've received. How many received something last weekend? I mean, I, I received a lot, and I'm still trying to figure out what it all is. But the thing is this, kings, right, they dig for treasure. They find treasure. They search it out. And so even if something happened or, or you just need to continue to ask the Lord, God, what does it look like? What does this manifest in my life? How do, I, how, do I, how do I approach this as you continue to grow me into the person and the, into the man and woman of God you call me to be, right? And so what's the most valuable thing that we possess? Himself. It's the most valuable thing you'll ever possess. The presence of God on your life. How many have the presence of God on your life? How many have the Holy Spirit in you? Come on. We gotta learn how to steward God's presence in our lives in a way, right, that will expand and increase. Right? Because the Bible says right here, ready, Matthew? Matthew chapter 13. So I'm talking about revelation. I'm talking about the presence of God because God has opened all kinds of words to us. Um, declaration. I had someone actually, it's funny, both those guys prophesied over a bigger, over a new space. And then I had a random person who I've known, I haven't talked to him in 20 years. He sent me a message saying, this is what I see for you. He didn't know anything about it. And he said, I just see the harvest coming in. Ready? Are you ready for the harvest? Because really we only have a couple seats left. If the Holy Spirit, if, when, as he is, as he already is, the harvest is being poured out, we got to make room for what God's about to do. And what does that look like? Are we supposed to go place to place? Yes. Are we supposed to house a, a house of of Equipping and releasing, yes. Are we supposed, there's so many things that God wants to have as a training and equipping center to send forth laborers, because this is what the Lord's prayer is, that you send forth laborers into the harvest. We're going to get into a little bit of that. But this is what he, he declared, and this is one of Jesus' main play, prayers in the gospel. He gives us the Lord's prayer, teaching them to pray, but his prayer was this. Pray, pray the Lord of the harvest. Would bring forth laborers into the harvest. And so who's, come on, who's a harvester in this place? Everyone should be. Everyone, everyone is. I declare it and I prophesy it over you that you are a harvester, right? You're a machine that harvests folks into the kingdom. Come on. Come on, you've been given a, 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 a skill set that God will use you different than he'll use this guy. Right? He'll use all of us differently to bring people into the kingdom. Right? And so we just have to believe that. But Matthew chapter 13, what's what we need to possess? Ready? Matthew 13, I'm going to, Matthew 13, 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid. And for joy, say joy. joy. I'm telling you, joy. Jesus was happy. Even going to the cross, it says he was happy. Get that subtle. Even going to the cross, he was happy about it. The joy set before him. He endured. 
because the joy was unspeakable that he couldn't get, he knew what was about to happen. He knew he was about to wipe out every principality and power through the blood of Jesus just by that one thing hitting the earth. The joy of his blood being spilled. I don't, you can't understand it. You really can't. So it says this, and for joy, for joy over it, what? The treasure he found. He goes and he sells all that he has and he buys a field. It says, then again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he found the one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had brought, all that he had, and he bought it. And so how many of us, really, we take that posture that I have something that's so precious that I'm about to sell everything I have to do that one thing so that I can possess that one thing Go and buy some place, buy a field, and put it there so I can get it later. Right? So about mysteries, because he wants us to grab hold of revelation. What happened to you this weekend? What happens to you daily? When you're in the presence of God, you receive something. And if you're not, we're praying for that tonight. Because God wants to release something fresh to your life. He wants you to hear his voice. Are you hearing me? He wants you to hear his voice clearly. And there's nothing, 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 nothing that will hold that back except for you and I. No, not circumstances. Doesn't do it. Right? Matthew 13 again says, it says, He's talking to his disciples, and he said to them, and said, because it's been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him will give, will more will be given. And he who has an abundance, right? But whoever does not, even what he has will be taken away from him. What does that mean? That means, means that when God gives us something and we don't, we don't use it, we don't, we don't expand it. We don't try to increase it, right? What happens? If you don't use it, you lose it. It's true. I'm telling you it's true. And so God, really, this is what the Holy Spirit's saying. Where are you, church? Where's the church with what I've been given to them, what I'm giving to them, how, they, how they're living in the kingdom, and right, what are they doing with it? And really, the Lord comes to us with a question, right? We come back to it. What are you doing? Do you want more? How many want more? How many want more of God? I don't know about you, but I can't really get enough. Yes, I am addicted to Jesus. That's me. Right? Yes, my name is Miles, and I'm an addict. I'm addicted to Jesus. That's the only thing I'll confess. All right? Been through that, done that. Right? Breakthrough. So we need to be guardians of the mysteries of God. And how, how do we guard and steward what we already have? Because God wants to give us what we've already had, right? He wants us to use that. That's the old. It's already old. What you received yesterday is already old. What you received 10 minutes ago is already old. I'm telling you, because he wants to give you the new. 
right? And so there's a few things I'm just going to go over. God wants us to be what? Faithful and trustworthy. Faithfulness, fidelity, being faithful with God is what God has already given to us. So if I receive something from the Lord, if I received, let's just say himself. <laughs> Ready? I receive salvation. And what I want to do is I want to give it away. Let's just simplify things. Because God's given you something. He's given you the gift of who he is, and he wants that to expand inside of you. Does he not? And so we need to be faithful. That calls us, what, back to, to just a life being sold out. and give, Come on, I, I'll, I'll buy the farm. I'll sell the farm. I'll do whatever it costs, right? I'll do whatever we need to do to go to the next level because I, my life is given over to the, to the very fact that he's come and taken over my life, and I don't want anything else other than to give it away. Right, even this week, I, I was with, I didn't tell you this, I was with Minjay, I, we went to the CVS, and I'm like, I'm driving, this lady's struggling to get out of the, she's struggling to get out of CVS, this older lady, and she's with her daughter, and a granddaughter, and I get in the car, and I sit down, and we're about to leave, and I'm like, I cannot go, I can't go. <laughs> I can't leave, she's struggling, right? Lord, and they get in the car, and they're about to drive away, and I'm like, I didn't even say anything to Minjay, I just get out of the car. And he, probably, he didn't know what was going on, he didn't even ask. But I just went out, and I said, listen, I said, can I pray for your mom? <laughs> She's like, yeah. <laughs> like, it was like, you know, people get, I don't know, it's awesome, because she was just like, yeah, you can pray for her. And then I said, would you be, because they were, I, they were Latino, I don't know if they were from Puerto Rico or where they were from. But they, so she, she just spoke to her in Spanish and said, he wants to pray with you, mommy. So she said, oh, yeah, yeah. So she came out. I said, what's going on? Because I could tell she was struggling walking. I just, listen, I don't know what happened. All I know is I was obedient. And that's all that matters, right? So I just went through the window and I just prayed. I said, Lord Jesus, just touch your body. And I said, God loves you so much. And she's like, she, know. she was like, I know, I know. I don't know if she was a believer or not, but it doesn't matter. But I said, the reality is God wants to heal your body right now, and I've seen him heal people that have been suffering from strokes over and over. So I'm believing right now, and when you get home, you're going to feel a difference. And they're both looking at me with big eyes now. But it's okay, because it doesn't matter what people think, right? And God wants us to receive boldness to be who we are and not to be afraid. And to look people in the eye and give them the truth. Are you hearing me? He wants us to be real. You don't need to be weird and weird prophetic and, you know, come on, just be real with folks. And God was just, all he, all, all he wants to do is touch people. Do you know that? I mean, he wants them for his own. But he's got to just start with something. you got to give him something to work with. So I, and in this position, I'm like, I don't want to stop saying anything to anyone. If God says do it, and I'm not like the guy that needs to, you know, Todd White, I got to pray for everything that's moving. I don't, I'm not like that. But if God is highlighting someone to me, then I need to do that. I need to be obedient. And so do you. And so whether they rise up and, be, and are healed, that's up to the Lord, right? Because I believe healing's for everyone, right? I believe he wants to heal everyone. But we need to be faithful and trustworthy. What does trustworthy look like? 
God wants us to be trustworthy, right? First Corinthians, ready? The Amplified. And this is Paul because he received such great revelation from the Lord, right? He received amazing encounters with Jesus. After Jesus had already gone, he spent time in the desert with him. Years, right? And then the Bible it says this to us in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 1. It says, so then let us who minister be regarded as servants of Christ and stewards, trustees, administrators. You're an administrator of the kingdom. Of the mysteries of God that he chooses to reveal. See, he chooses what he's going to give us, but I believe that this counts, right? As we begin to use what he's given us, as we begin to expand on what he's given us, as we begin to give away what he's given us, then he chooses what? To open more to you. I promise you that. I promise he'll open greater things and greater anointing will come on your life. And it's not all about an anointing, it's about a person. Because what happens is we get, and I'll get into that in a minute, but we get stuck on I did it, me, my. No, God did it. I don't care if someone was healed of, of cancer. I don't care. I don't care. God gets the glory. That he, choose, that he chooses to reveal. And in this case, moreover, it is required as an essential demand of stewards that one be found faithful and trustworthy. But as for me, it matters very little to me that I may be judged by you or any human court on this point. In fact, I don't even judge myself. What's Paul saying? As you continue to read, he's saying, I don't care what you all think about the revelation that I receive. He's not looking for someone else's approval, and nor is anyone else around you. And it's good when you get the attaboy. Are you hearing me? It's good that we exhort and we build one another up. But sometimes you're telling what God has given you in a dream to someone who's just going to try and just throw your many-colored coat on the ground and step on it. Are you hearing me? Because God wants to open, didn't Joseph? Joseph had a lot of revelation. He had a lot of pictures. He had a lot of dreams of what was about to happen. And he, you know, it wasn't sometimes the best context where he was telling people. But God expanded him either way. Because it says that Joseph was a fruitful vine. He went, oh, right? It speaks about this in Genesis. That it grew, the vine grew over the wall. Anything blocking you outside of your destiny, the spirit of God inside of you while you're abiding in God and abiding in the vine will bring you over and above those things that are holding you back and keeping you captive. It will grow over. And so we need to grab that from the Lord that, that he is faithful anyway. The Bible tells us and clearly shows us that his hand is on us. The spirit of the Lord is upon you and he's anointed you. Not just five people in this place. He's anointed you. And I need to encourage you in this because God is beginning to speak some things, even dreams and revelations to people, and you don't even, we, don't even, we don't even do anything with it. We just go on to the next thing. And what I'm saying to you is this. God has, has said three times certain things, and he continues to speak things. And when he continues to speak things, we need to be faithful and trustworthy. 
right? Not worry about everyone else, right? Number two is the power and increase of authority that comes through what? Being servants and humble. Because I'm telling you right now, as things begin to heat up, and they will, in a good way, right? Because God's Spirit's going to be poured out. It's already being poured out. And as God's Spirit gets poured out, people get real comfortable, real casual, real haughty sometimes in the presence of God. And I'm not talking about boldness that comes when you've got the anointing on you, but you need to be a servant first. Oh, but he calls me friend. Yeah, I know he calls you friend, but we're always servants. Because we're not in this higher revelation that we're beyond being servants or beyond being those that are humble and have humility in our lives. And we walk in humility, but not false humility because that's the more religious garbage that needs to go too. <laughs> Ready? I believe people, you're all going to have more questions when you leave, right? You understand what I'm saying? Humility is a key for unlocking the kingdom. And there's something about what God's about to pour out that if we don't, right? I'm telling you, when creative miracles start happening, when people begin to be healed and set free, what I loved about what happened is a lot of stuff happened by no one laying hands on them that last weekend. And it was crazy good because Jesus gets all the credit. Some stuff happened by people laying hands on them. That's good, too, because we want to be encouraged. I'm encouraged when people get healed. If, you, if you're not, I don't know what to say. I'd rather see people get healed than walk away limping, you know? But the reality is this, that God is wanting to pour out his spirit in such a way that it's overpowering and relentless. Are you hearing me? And it needs to stay pure. 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 What does that mean? That means the spirit of holiness. That means living out of a, out of a life where we can identify with who he is and the Holy Spirit living through us because we're living out of a pure heart. And humility flows through a pure heart. And as a matter of fact, humility will bring us back to purity. It's good. Come on. Ephesians chapter 3. Here's my proof. Verse 2 and 3. Surely you have heard about the administration of the gift of God that was given to me and that the mystery made known to me about this revelation as I already have written briefly. I became a servant. Verse 7. I became a servant of the gospel of by the gift of God, God's grace given to me through the working of his power. Ready? As we serve, God's power moves through us. As we serve, as we just listen, there's been so many years of just serving and plowing, right? As, as just serving the gospel. Sometimes you don't see fruit right away, right? Sometimes you just don't see fruit, but sometimes through faithfulness in serving, right? And humility, 
it just appears. And, and though, right, here's how Paul referred to himself, although after he's given you a whole dissertation about, I pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would come upon you. This is what his he's saying to them. He says, although I am, the, I am less than the least of all the Lord's people. That's an interesting po posture. He went from being an apostle to now he's saying, I'm, the, I'm, I'm less than the least of the Lord's people. And this grace has been given to me to preach the, the Gentile, to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of the mystery for which the ages past is kept hidden in God who created all things. What's he saying? He's saying here, listen, the greater revelation, the lower we need to go. The greater God uses you, I believe the lower you want to go. Not that God won't elevate you, or, but see, in elevation, and there's going to be a something that happens, right? When you're elevated and you begin to begin, to, doors open and you begin to be seen, all of a sudden you think you know it. And you've got the grip on it. And what I'm telling you right now is the whole place, ready? You, everyone in this place, everyone who's sitting here who's a guest, right? God wants to use us in such a spectacular way, but he wants us to be hidden, our lives in him, right? So humility doesn't mean lack of confidence. Don't go there. That doesn't mean you're a dog. It means God is using you in such an an amazing way that you need to stay low to keep going high. Right? Number three, allowing love to be perfected through encountering God's glory and his presence. And I don't know about you, but love needs to be perfected in me. I'm sure everyone in this room but here's what I, I'm thinking, that when First Peter says this, above all things, be fervent in love for one another, and, and love will cover a multitude of sins, right? Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Here's what I'm, here's what I'm being proactive for tonight, okay? I'm being proactive with a little bit of instruction, because what happens is God begins to blow in and do amazing things, and I'm not going to live off the high of yesterday, but I am looking to, for the updraft of what's about to happen in front of us, right? That God is going to begin to pour out in such a way that we, we have no control over. You don't have control when God blows his wind, do you? I don't have control over it, but when it does happen, my heart needs to be prepared. And that means unity among the brethren, that comes through a, a baptism of love on us. Right? And not just with us, right? We need to look out beyond ourselves, right? Which most churches don't do. I'm just being honest. I don't think it happens, but maybe, maybe it does. I've seen some unity, but I'm believing that God wants to bring it so that there is no competition, and there is no love in competition. You can't compete with one another. You can't put yourself first, right? And in that, it's the same thing when we're, when we're in, like, Awaken the Dawn is going to be amazing because we get to just melt with a bunch of churches. It's going to be powerful, right? And pray and release the gospel and, you know, you can witness to anyone that's moving. Come on. It's going to be awesome. 
but you're going to be with one another, and it's not going to be a competition. It can't be a competition because as soon as we begin to compete with one another, that's no longer humility and is no longer love. Now, you hear me? That God, I'm ready. First Corinthians, because I'm going to show you God wants to bring greater revelation. He wants to open things up in the heavenlies. Like there is such a thin line between us and the, and the spiritual realities. I say that because we're not as real as we think we are. <laughs> Put that in your head. I'm telling you, the heaven realities are way more real than we are. Right? And, and it's like thin membrane right now. And God wants to pour out in such a way. So here, just hear me. Verse, and I'm going to 1 Corinthians. We have the love chapter because Lord, I, I don't know. The Lord just opened this up to me today. And I'm like, what? That means I better get really in love. I better start walking in love. I better let the love of Jesus just be oozing all off of me because I need more encounters with the love of Jesus and the love of God and the love of the Holy Spirit and the love of his presence because here it is, verse, thir- verse 9, chapter 13, 1 Corinthians, right? For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. That's just part of it. Did you get it? You didn't get it. When that which is love, the whole chapter is love. Perfect love casts out fear. When that which is mature, which is really what the word is, when that which is mature, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come. What is it talking about, the millennial? Is it when we're all done and, and, and it's game over? I don't think so. Because it's talking about perfection. And the Bible says that you're perfect just like your heavenly father is perfect, doesn't it? Yeah, he's prophesying to you that you are perfect. Regardless of what you think of yourself and regardless of what you think about the person next to you, we're all made perfect in his sight. Yeah, say, I got some work to do. I know. Right? But the perfect has come and that which is in part will be done away. That means the more love, when you become in the fullness of God's love, when God pulls you into a place, when you are absolutely, and and it's so, right, that word love is cheap because we don't even understand it when it comes to the love of God. It's like you can't even convey it. But I'm telling you this, that when perfect love comes, when it comes on us, there's no fear. There's no fear of what God's about to do. You don't have, you have the fear of the Lord, but God begins to come on you and begin to reveal things to you and open things up to you. I want perfect love in my life. I'll keep going. When I was a child, here we go. It's going to be a perfect illustration because Paul was good about this too. When I was a child, I spoke as a child and I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away the childish things. What is the childish things? Mind me, no, 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 no. How many, how many little kids, their favorite word is no or mine. And God's saying, the Holy Spirit, Paul is speaking to us and saying, relinquish everything. You're going to put away childish, childish things. When we act like little children, God's calling us to maturity. Right? I'm going to keep going. Jumping down. For now we see in a mirror dimly. 
But then face, then face to face, talking about two parts, when the love of God comes, when it's perfected in your life, you see things right before that, you're going to see things dimly. Because the closer you come to God, the closer you come to his heavenly realities, the closer you come to the spirit of God being completely, you have complete access to him. Ready? I know you're not leaving with like a small hamburger tonight. Right? But for we see in the mirror dimly, then face to face. He's talking about the stages. You don't see in the dark anymore. That when love begins, when begins to be perfected inside of you, all of a sudden you see God face to face. And then it says, I, I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also known. Now, now abide faith, hope, and love. These three, and the greatest of these is love. Listen, guys, I'm telling you, love is the way into the heart of the Father. When God begins to baptize us with a fresh love of who he is, knowing, knowing, knowing agape love, fellowship, knowing intimate love, knowing all the phases of God's love, then you begin to open yourself up because you can see things a lot clearer. Why? Not just in spiritual realms. Because if you're just thinking spiritual things, you've got things all wrong. You begin to look at people differently. You don't walk by the person who God's nudging you. Right? All of a sudden you begin to just pour out because God wants to touch that person. So you're obedient because your love, the love of the Father is all over you. Are you tracking with me? I have a feeling you're not. Some of you are, some of you aren't. Love being perfected inside of you is going to change everything. No, I need more of the Spirit. Yes, you do. But you need to be, you need, I need, God wants to pour out such an outpouring of his presence in the love of God that we're transformed in how we think. We're transformed in how we see one another. You don't look at each other with the, with the barriers anymore. Come on, everything is an open book. Could be bad, could be good. <laughs> right? And so then this point about joy, because I'm going to end with this, because we need to be happy. I need to be happy about what God's doing. And I need to be excited about what God's doing. And that's when we received, there was a word that was released that he's, right? Someone saw a beer mug with the harvest on it. That could be offensive. But the reality is, the truth inside of that, that he wants to pour out new wine and joy on his people so that we can embrace the harvest, right? Because God, if, I'm telling you, when the Holy Spirit comes and the fullness of who he is comes upon you, you're going to laugh. You're going to be real happy. And so I'm, I'm promising you that God wants to pour that on your life. Even tonight, there's joy in the journey with God. You know that? There's so many things that you should be excited about, and there should be, like, I wake up happy because, like, just think when you're a kid. I don't know. 
the Christmas morning, sometimes I just be, I just can't go to bed. Because what's going to happen tomorrow? You know, Josiah used to drill me with questions. Like, what's, it's tomorrow? No, it's five days, when, especially when it's in what? Five days? Oh. And you want to have expectations of what God's about to do. And the joy set before him, even in hard times. you got to be ready, right? Jesus said this. Oh, and this was one thing that the Lord spoke to me last, during the week. He said, you better start writing about the journey because I'm about to bring in, bring this addition to completion. One addition about what he's about to do. So you need to be anticipating and writing it down and being excited about what God's about to do. If you're not writing down what's happening now and taking note of what's happening now, God's not going to release more. I'm going to say that to everyone in the room. If I don't remember what he did yesterday, if I don't take note and I don't keep track of the goodness of God, the goodness of who he is, and everything he helped me get through to get here, everything he helped you to get through to get where you are, come on. Someone has to think about the reality of the goodness of God and his testimony and journey in your own life. Because as soon as we drop that and put that behind us, then we have nothing to look forward to because you're not expecting anything. Well, I'm expecting tomorrow to happen and God's going to do something new. Yes, but I need to have a history with him so that I can walk into the fullness of what he's calling to me, me to in the future. Right? And so these things I've spoken to you, that your joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. What does full joy look like? My God. So part of it goes back to surrender and self-sacrifice. Surrender and sacrifice. Because that's how he did it. He didn't care. Whatever it is, I'm going through it because of the joy set before me. Right? And he said this, he said, the psalmist said, I delight to do your will, my God. I delight to do your will. What I'm telling you tonight is don't be afraid. But we're going to walk in as trustworthy, full of love, in humility, and God's going to pour out an even greater, greater presence over your life. I promise you. I promise you. sometimes that when I look at what the Lord's doing I start getting way ahead of him right like I don't know personally I do I start getting I start running five miles ahead of the Lord like I can see far off and what he wants to do is keep us on track he wants us to have vision you got to have vision. You got to have vision. You got to have vision for your life with him. 
Right? You gotta have vision for your family. You gotta have vision for your for your marriage. You gotta have vision for where God's taking you, your journey with Him, right? But here's what I believe. He's gonna pour out in such a way that we're not gonna know what to do with everything. That's what I'm believing. I'm believing for the greater, I'm believing more than greater. Right, the, the presence of God to just totally wipe us out and that I can't, you can't, no one, he won't, the Bible says he won't give you more than you can handle. But he's talking about the opposite. He's talking about temptation and sin. I have a feeling with his goodness, he can pour out way more than we can handle. And I just want to be ready when he's coming with the fullness of everything that's about to be poured out in New England, what's about to be poured out in Kingston, Nashua, Manchester, wherever, you, wherever city you came from, that I'm going to receive it with joy. Right? And I don't want to be put back into a mechanical mode of just having church. <laughs> I don't know why I had this thought. <laughs> but the old, the old mystics, they were, they were amazing people. The Celtic, Celtic guys that got filled with presence, right? They used to call the Holy Spirit the wild goose. And because of that, I just think when the wild goose comes, we all don't know what to do. And I think that's how church should be sometimes. Just need to let the wild goose go. Do I have that in my Bible? I don't, know, But I do believe that God wants to send his presence in such a way that we can just laugh and have a good time and allow the Holy Spirit to come. And some of the laughter is going to bring us into more love with him. And some of the laughter is going to pour into our lives. And I just feel like God said, you end this on a joyful note because I brought some heavy things that we might think about as being like, wow, I don't measure up in that area. But it's nothing a baptism of joy can't take care of. You know what I'm saying? Because we seem to get heavy about the do and the go of the gospel. And God's just looking for someone who's abandoned, faithful, completely in love with him. Can I just lighten it up a little? I know I brought scripture that, but he wants to open up the, the windows of heaven and pour it all out. And the only thing that's holding it back is a community of believers. No, really, I, I'm telling you, if, if, if everyone would just come on point and get in, in the moment and live our lives like looking this way, even in all the busyness of what we gotta do. I know a lot of lives are busy. Uh, honestly, if I could just talk myself away like a monk and go, I'd do it. But nothing would happen and nothing would ha be accomplished, right? I mean, you just can't go worship Jesus in a closet all day. You can. 
for a couple weeks, but you got to come out. You got to come out of the closet and go with it. Because just think of how much God you'll have on you when your life is consecrated and it's poured out. And so that's why I'm saying we need to have joy. It's like, oh, no, I got to. No, you get, a, you get an amazing privilege to seek the one person who just loves you to pieces. He created you. He loves every part of you. And I'm just anticipating the glory of God and the glory of heaven coming in such a way that the, come on, that the, the place becomes cloudy. Come on, why not? God's good. He wants to do that for you. So let's stand. See, when we have right relationship with the Lord, which you all have, if you know Jesus in this place, right, the blood of Jesus has done one thing for you, brought you into right relationship, hasn't it? So in that, you find joy. And out of you does one thing, flows rivers of living water. And so tonight we're just going to ask the Lord. And all these things I've spoken, right? Just go after it. Just be faithful. Just be trustworthy. Just do it. Just be it. Because that's who he created you to be. It's not like some, I gave you three points, four points, whatever it was. But it's about living it out because of the goodness of God that's going to be poured out on you in all of this. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for who you are. Lord, I thank you for the oil of joy. I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you that you're pouring it out tonight, that it began with you pouring it out. Lord, I thank you for the love of God that's being poured out. I thank you, every person in this place, you just prophesy to you, you are stewards of the mysteries of God. You are stewards of the mysteries of God. And God wants to bring you into higher places. And he wants to release greater things on your life. And he's equipped you to do every good work. You're equipped. You're ready. Just go for it. So, Father, I thank you. Pour out tonight, right now, in these moments. Pour out your love and pour out your oil of joy. I thank you for a greater revelation upon each one in this place, including myself, God. Give it all to me as well. Lord, I need your love. We need your love. Lord, it's going to bring us into a whole other realm of seeing and walking out what we see. So tonight, we'll just open the, open the front. If you need prayer, if you just want to come up and just get prayer, just say, I need, I need more love. I need more. I need more. I need more, God. I just need more. Because the more is good. And he's got more than enough. So God, we love you. We thank you. Thank you for every person in this place. Just let your presence rest. Let the glory of God rest. Let our eyes be filled with, with the fire and love, burning love for you. I thank you, God, for every person in this place. I thank you that you've equipped every person in this place. 
Jesus' name.